Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And on today's show, we have brought in someone who I'm not quite sure how we've managed to go five years without having Mark on the show, but we're remedying it now. So <laughs> <laughs> we have Mark Black on the show with us today. And if you're in the greater Moncton area or anywhere across New Brunswick, you are going to know who Mark is. Mark is out speaking and he, he really has made a name for himself. I'm going to say in North America. Can we say worldwide? Because you were just I in Hawaii. I don't know about worldwide. Well, I was in Hawaii, but we're, yeah, that's close. We'll, we'll <laughs> take it. That's okay. part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So, I had a heart and double lung transplant in 2002 and ran a marathon in 2005, and that generated some kind of like uh, interest in the media, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that just, makes sense. Just, and yeah, it's just a little interesting. To speak at some places, and then. Um, I had somebody come up after like one of these free presentations, actually a high school graduation here in town, and he tried to hire me to speak, and I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and he said, well, like this is what you do, right? And I said, people do this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and that man, who I don't know, launched a career that's now 18 years old, and wow. I've been speaking all over North America ever since. So, uh, yeah. I just get like goosebumps yeah. when I hear stories <laughs> like that of people who, you know, you're not even sure what that man's name is, and he changed the trajectory of what you were doing. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I had no inclination that I was going to be a teacher, and then this man sort of just changed everything. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So talk a little bit about that early, those early days of becoming a, I guess, a motivational speaker, really, is what... Yeah, it's... Um, so it's not obviously something you like go to school and get a degree in. <laughs> I mean, you can do you know presentation skills and those kinds of things, but there's no like manual for how to do this. I don't know how people did it like pre-internet because like yeah. So I just started googling right like how do you do this and what happens and Martin um, Latulip, who's been very successful, is also from this area, was super helpful and kind of giving me some pointers and some ideas and where to start. And I mean, my first professional presentation was at Busbro School for. 300 middle school kids and I got paid a hundred dollars and I was like on top of the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh I'm, <laughs> This is real um, And then yeah, and then it's it's like slow plotting. I think I did three or four the first year and so I had uh, I worked part-time uh, I was a substitute teacher at the same time and that kind of supplemented While I built the business and then kind of three or four years in looked at my wife and said are we are you okay? If I kind of try and do this full-time and she's always been incredibly supportive um, my wife Marie, so uh, yeah, I started, I think I went full-time in 2008, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. 2008, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. So you said you were a teacher before. I mean, technically you're still a teacher now because what you're doing is still teaching. It is the same, very much the same skills without any of the headaches that classroom <laughs> teachers deal with every day. No classroom prep, no, no discipline. Prep, discipline. <laughs> Most of the time, everybody that's there wants to be there. No parents to deal with. Yeah, it's, it's like all of the best parts of teaching. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's amazing. Talk a little bit about that in terms of, you know, who it is you're talking to and what what that atmosphere is like. So that's maybe one of the funnest parts of the job is that it's different every time. My, I have two or three programs that I do, so the content doesn't vary a ton, but the audience could be, I did a middle school the other day, and then I did the Hawaii State Realtors Association two weeks ago. So it's a breadth of ages and demographics and, and uh, occupations, and so it makes you know, it's just super fascinating because you meet all kinds of different people and you get to see all kinds of different places. I've been to all kinds of places in, in Canada and the U.S. that I would never have otherwise gone. And little towns in Saskatchewan and 
you know, Omaha, Nebraska, and all kinds of places that you kind of have no reason to visit otherwise, <laughs> uh, which is really cool because there's, you know, the really neat places in the country everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and it also is fascinating just to see how similar we all are. Like, mm -hmm. we like to think that people are so different, but people are people, which mm -hmm. is really kind of neat to see. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, these days the travel is a little more of a headache than it once was, <laughs> but that's part of the, that's part of the deal. Can you share a little bit about what some of the messages or some of the topics are without obviously giving away your full... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, without telling the whole story? Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. I'm not, we only have about 25 minutes, fair so... Enough, yeah, fair <laughs> um, yeah, so I like to say I talk about resilience and, and what that means to me is how do we grow through and leverage the challenges and adversity that we face? So obviously I have this story that pretty, is pretty evident what the adversity was but I'm a firm believer that like everybody has stuff. That's what I always say to people. Like everybody has a story. Everybody has lived through challenges, big and small. We live them every day. Whether it's you know getting frustrated in traffic or something much much bigger, we all deal with stuff. And the question is, how do we deal with it? And how do we allow that to impact our day? And can we get better at not just getting through it without you know getting really angry and upset, but can we actually use it in ways to make us better? And my belief is, you know, resilience is often talked about in terms of kind of bouncing back. And the problem with that is there's no back to go to. Like we all recognize, I think now that the world in 2019 and the world today are very different and we're not going back to the way it was. And that's not bad, it's just different. That's the other thing is a lot of us think like, we, we long for the good old days and forget that the good old days weren't so great anyway. And mm -hmm. so being, being able to grow and use the challenges that you face in a way to make you hopefully better is what it's all about and I think you know I challenge people all the time to say look you are who you are today precisely because of the challenges that you faced it's not the times that everything is smooth and good is not when we're growing and learning it's when we tend to sit back and catch our breath and that's fine too but um, yeah we need challenge and so it's how to constructively use it so when you were um, I guess at that point in your life and maybe it was, you know, uh, prior to transplants or just thereafter. You didn't run that marathon after because you were looking for like mega, mega positivity, right? And so how do you become, out of your resilience, how do you become this person that is now spreading positivity? Like, I'm sure you didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I think I was, generally speaking, just fortunate to be a pretty positive person by nature and also had incredible parents who kind of raised us to have that mindset. But throughout, I mean, I, we, I waited on the transplant list for almost a year and the last six months were pretty dire. I mean, I was in the hospital most of the time. So there were lots of scary moments. There were lots of moments that I was angry and frustrated and bitter and all of that stuff. Um, again, I had people around me who reminded me to focus on the positive things, reminded me to focus on the things that I could control, which is something I talk about a lot. Mm. Um, because what other choice do you have, right? Like if you can't control the situation, then you can only control your reaction to the situation. And that's not easy, but it's the only thing that you can really do that's gonna have a positive impact on what's going on. And so through that journey, through the transplant, post-transplant where, yeah, the recovery was super long and slow and I was impatient with how quickly, how long it took, um, you just, I just learned to, you know, one step at a time, focus on what's going right, 
be grateful for what's going well. Because um, I was really, really fortunate. There were hundreds of things that could have gone wrong through that process, and most of them didn't happen. So uh, we focused on those things and tried to build on the progress that I was making. And I was really, really fortunate and took like two and a, I think it was shortly after the transplant, I decided, uh, I, did what, I didn't decide, I wondered, like, could I run a marathon now? Mm -hmm. And that question kind of nagged at me and I thought, well, let's run a 5K and see what happens and let's run a 10K and see what happens. And two and a half years later, I was running a marathon. Did your doctors like that? <laughs> yeah, some of them yes, some of them no. I was really lucky that the doctor in charge, kind of my head physician in, in Toronto where I was transplanted, like she bikes down cliffs on her vacation. Like she's just one of those kind of people. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's pretty much, there were I'm sure a few things on the list that I could have suggested that she would have been like, no, don't do that. <laughs> but for the most part, she's kind of like, yeah, you're healthy, the heart works. Like as long as you feel okay, go for it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So then in this, uh, you know, your positivity, your resilience, then you start speaking and then you start meeting other people that are like you, that are people that are mega positive and um, a lot of them, I think that we've had a few of them on the show, but a lot of them don't realize how much of an impact they're having <laughs> on other people as well. Um, so then you start making friends with these people and do you find that your whole life starts to change and you start thinking in this different mindset all the time? Yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I would love to say all the time. I'm sure my wife would disagree. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, certainly there's no question. Like, we are who we surround ourselves with, right? Like, that's not a new idea. And so the more time you spend around people who think, a certain way, whether it's good or bad, the more likely you are to think that way. And so there's no question that I've been fortunate to make friends with some incredible people. And it's funny, sometimes I tell stories and I forget because it's just so normal that like, oh yeah, this is my friend that has no arms and this is my friend that like has paddled across all five Great Lakes and this is my friend. Like, um, there's some really cool people with, who have done some pretty amazing things. Um, and yeah, they're all very inspiring, but they would also all say, they have their bad days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think and, I, and that's important because I think it's otherwise it's easy for people to kind of tune out and go, well, that's like, that's them. They can do that. I can never. And my, you know, I used to get people all the time saying, well, I can never run a marathon. And I'd be like, well, actually, you just don't want to run a marathon. Right. That's true. <laughs> Which is yeah, totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not running a marathon fine. ever. But you possess all the skills when you're about four. Yeah. Uh, it really is just putting one foot in front of the other. That's really all it is. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's a mindset thing. And again, I, I get it. Most people don't want to put themselves through that. And that's fair. Um, but you totally could if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I think what you touched on there is something that I've noticed that you know that idea of you surround yourself with people who who build you up and have that similar interest and you see that kind of nucleus of motivational speakers and coaches and positivity here in Moncton mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. and New Brunswick a little bit broader as well have you noticed that other places that you get invited to like do you are there other cities that are like ours that have this kind of core group that are changing the vibe? I think so. I think that probably in larger cities, they're less visible or noticed because there's just so many people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think so. I mean, like attracts like, right? So people tend to just gravitate to other people who are like them for better or worse. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a very powerful thing to surround yourself with other people who are doing the things that you like or doing the things you would like to do someday. Uh, because they push you like I didn't 
uh, my first half marathon and my first full marathon at the running room. And that was very intentional because on my own, like, I don't know how people train for <laughs> 15, 20, 30, 40 kilometers by themselves. Like, I would totally go nuts. And so I ran with a group all the time. And we talked and we got, our, got each other through the times when we wanted to stop. And we distracted each other when we were in pain. And uh, it was incredible. Like, I wouldn't have done it without them. So, yeah, I think it's really powerful. So, if, you know, if you're struggling with that, think about, gee, who am I spending all of my time with? And are those people who are kind of cranky and complaining all the time, then maybe I want to not cut them out of my life, but spend a little less time with them and make some more friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then the pandemic hits and you obviously are not traveling, you're not going anywhere, mm. you're not speaking. Is that where the book came from? Is it out of the, having some extra time? Uh, <laughs> that's where the book got, had made a lot more progress. It came <laughs> off the shelf. So in, if I'm being totally honest, the book started in, I, I looked it up the other day because I opened the word file and it shows like the creation mm -hmm. date. I think it was 2017, which okay. is really upsetting to me. Um, it was one of those things that, like, I'm super excited. I'm a really good starter, and then I have to be really disciplined to finish. And mm -hmm. so I got, like, halfway through and went, oh, like, I'm done with this. Um, so the pandemic was a good time to go, okay, no, I need to get this done. I've been speaking about resilience for a while, uh, but I knew that this was the resource to give to people afterwards. Because typically when I speak, I get 45 minutes to 70 minutes. Nowadays, post-COVID, th there's more and more requests to be like, can you do a half hour? Because mm. our attention spans seem to be less than they used to be. That's valid. Yeah. And during COVID, it was even more so. It was like, we're doing virtual, you can do 30 minutes. Like, we don't have... Uh, so I had to figure out how to try and say the same amount of things in a lot <laughs> less time. But so this is a resource to say, okay, if you like these ideas, here's some things to help you to implement them and think about them in more, in more depth. And it's... Yeah, I'm now going through the editing process, which may be more painful than the writing <laughs> process, but uh, it's coming out in April, come hell or high water. Um, now I have a publisher who's uh, holding me accountable, which is really helpful. <laughs> Not always enjoyable, but helpful. Uh, yeah, and so it's really just distilling 20 years of experience and what I've been teaching into you know, 200 pages. Fantastic. That's a lot of pages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and speaking of surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, that's something else that you're doing as well. You have events coming up. Yeah, so we have Level Up coming up in October, October 14th. I guess in October, we're already in October. It doesn't October feel like 14th, it. October 14th, in like nine days, eight days, whatever it is. Um, I've actually been doing this conference since 2017 or 18. It's our fifth year. Um, so we did two years of virtual during COVID, which was was what it was mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we're really excited to be back in person uh, but the whole idea of it was I have the blessing of traveling literally all over the place and going to events and often I'm not the only speaker often I get to listen to other people who are absolutely amazing and unfortunately Moncton is not big enough for the most part to bring those kinds of events here it just doesn't the economy of it doesn't make a lot of sense and so I wanted to do something here I also wanted the idea of at least having one date on the calendar every year that I knew was booked ahead of time because as a speaker, especially with timelines these days, I often have no idea more than three months ahead of time where I'm going to be and what's going to happen. So there was that. Um, and I'd been talking about it for a while and then I met with um, Dan Martell, who some people will know in the city, most people probably will know in the city. And Dan has a way of like making you do things. <laughs> 
So casually, I mentioned, like, I think I, I want to do this event sometime. He's like, so when are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, sometime. He's like, no, 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 like, when are you doing it? And this was over Christmas holidays, and I blurted out February 6th, <laughs> having no clue what that What day meant. of the week that even was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, crap. Like, I have to figure it. And I had six weeks to throw together an event. Um, and in some ways, it was a massive hit. In other ways, it was a massive disaster. <laughs> uh, but it worked. And so we've done it every year since then. And uh, this is our first year, obviously, back in person in two years, which is, which is really exciting. And it's, mm-hmm. it's intimate. It's like 60 to 90 people um, on purpose because it allows people the chance to really get to spend time with the other speakers, spend time with each other, and, and spend time with the ideas. One of the things that I noticed over COVID was there was no shortage of information. In fact, it was like information overload if you were out there looking for it. And so this is a chance to like, let's get some ideas, but let's also have some time to talk about how we might use them and what that might look like in my life or in my business. And so that's what Level Up is about. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, so tell us a little bit more if someone's listening, they're curious about coming to the conference, What? who would they hear? Is it a day long? Yes. What are the details? Absolutely. So it's a full day event in the St. James Gate event room, beautiful event space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start, you know, like the doors open at like eight in the morning, we hang out for a little bit and then we have our first speaker. So there are five speakers through the day. Um, our opening is going to be Joe Grondon. People who are in the city know Joe very well. Um, world champion, Toastmaster uh, contestant. He's been to the world championships a couple times. Amazing speaker, amazing energy, which is why I put him on first in the morning. Um, and then we have a, a, about an hour of speaking and then a little exercise and a break and we bring the next speaker on. Um, we have uh, Terry Ann Richards, who some people will know. Uh, Terry Ann is a speaker and a coach, entrepreneur, uh, amazing human being. And she's going to talk about some of her journey and, and all of the adversity that she's been through and how she's built her business. We have Tracy Bell, who is a co-founder of Millennia Tea. She was on Dragon's Den. Some people will recognize her. From there, they ended up, they got a deal on the show and then ended up not doing the deal, but have done really well, really well with creating products from organic tea and, and helping, you know, spreading that through the world, which is all from Atlanta, Canada, which I think is a pretty impressive mm-hmm. thing. We have Steve Foran. I call Steve the gratitude guy. He's basically built his career on helping people and workforces implement the power of gratitude into their lives and into their work. And it's really, he's, he just gives you the warm and fuzzies. He's just, <laughs> like, such a, like, he's just a fun person to, to hang around with. And then, uh, and then I wrap up the day at the end of the day. Um, and I always say that the speakers are amazing at Level Up, but the community is what actually makes it what it is. It's the people in the room are A, there because they want to be there, which is a big thing because Many of my events, I'm going to a corporate event where they have to be there, <laughs> uh, and that matters. Um, and they're people from all walks of life. They're, they're business leaders, they're entrepreneurs, they're community leaders, they're heads of nonprofits. They're, and that cross-section of people brings together different perspectives and different ideas, mm-hmm. and there's always really cool conversations that happen and connections that happen, which is really fun. 
How do you find your speakers? Do you, like over the years, so your first one started, my guess is you picked them. Yeah. You were like, okay, listen here, friend, you're gonna speak <laughs> this day. Uh, but over the years, has it come through people uh, suggesting people to you or are you starting to think about bringing people in from these other conferences that you've been doing from around the world? Yeah, it's a bit of both. So definitely the first year I was like, I have no budget <laughs> and no time. So I'm gonna tap the shoulder of the people that I know that I can ask a favor of. <laughs> um, and then since, again, one of the things about being a speaker is you see lots of speakers. I'm a member of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And so, yeah, I mean, I know on a first name basis, probably know 200 people that do this, which to me sounds like nothing, but to the average Joe, there's like, I don't know anybody who does this, so that maybe <laughs> sounds weird. So I have, you know, kind of the virtual Rolodex of people that I can, that I can ask. And I try and mix up uh, local and not local, depending on, on the year this year, they happen to all be pretty close. Uh, and that was mostly because after COVID, I wasn't sure if people were ready to come back and I don't want to be spending thousands of dollars flying people here and then go, oh crap, we're going to lose money. Um, I don't mind not making a lot, but I don't want to be, be losing a bunch. Yeah. So, and there's so much talent here. Like that's the other thing is a lot of the time I have found in my career, there's this thing called the sage on the plane in our industry. And what that means is if you came on a plane, you must be smarter than people that live here. Um, which is ridiculous, right? But there's this perception that like, if you live next door mm -hmm. to me, you can't be that good, right? So like, so I would true. never fight to get what my speaker fee is anywhere outside of Atlanta, Canada. But if it's somebody that I know, they're like, well, it's just, it's Mark, like it's no big deal. And I'm, and I'm usually happy to, to help with that. But so yeah, I, I like to try and feature and let people know about these people that are like in our backyard that are absolutely brilliant. That's such a, I never thought of that, but that's so true, eh? It's a like, very, and it's a very <laughs> East Coast kind of yes. thing to think that we need to bring in someone from outside when it is not the case. We overlook the talent that we have yeah, here absolutely. so often. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I just, like, I felt that, yeah. like, deep in my yeah. soul. Well, <laughs> and you know, part of that, I think, is because we're all kind of humble by nature. We're taught to be anyway, and so even those people that I'm talking about, don't toot their own horn very well, and so people just mm -hmm. don't know that they're there, which yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, you probably have them going, you want, are you sure you want me yeah. to do this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. like, yeah, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure sometimes you sit in conferences elsewhere and see people doing it going, wow, there's so many people at home that could do that better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come uh, on, we need to toot our own horns, yeah. right? That's yes. what we need to yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago, we had Jason Cyrus, mm -hmm. and I was ashamed that this is the first time I'd ever seen Jason do anything, because again, it's like, oh, they're right there, I'll see mm -hmm. them sometime. And he was so amazing, and everybody in the room was like, oh my gosh, he's so brilliant um, at what he does. It's funny, and it's impactful, and the message is great. Um, yeah, and so it's just so much fun to be like, he's right down the street, and I don't know why I haven't had him here yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's well, also because he's super busy. But <laughs> other people have caught on to how good he is. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap up the conversation for today. But before we let you go, Mark, tell everyone how they can find out more about you, about Level Up, about the book, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Level Up is thelevelupconference.com. And I'm at markblack.ca. And the book information is there as well. Uh, October 14th in Moncton, we still have some seats. So please come <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Excellent. I was just going to say, and also if you want to book him, you can find that through markblacks.ca <laughs> as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and joining Thanks us so much today, for Mark. Me. Excellent.
Excellent. That's it. We'll see you next week.